The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everyone, this is Russell Cox, editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication, and today I am here with two of the association's field service managers. We have with us Ashley Callahan. How are you, Ashley? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you here. Glad to have you here again. And also returning as well is Charlie Barano. Charlie, how are you? Hey, Russell. How are you doing? I am doing great. I am doing great. I'm happy to have you guys here. We're going to be talking more civility topics today, but since we have field service managers here, I always think it's useful to, um, if, if you guys could describe the portion of the state where you travel and visit with the cities and towns. Sure. Well, I'll start. I have um, what we call the lower South Carolina region, so primarily the low country, mm-hmm. um, but it also extends up to Orangeburg and Aiken and then sort of wraps back all the way back down to Jasper. Mm-hmm. So kind of the lower third of yes. the state, essentially. And mm-hmm. um, Charlie, you are... Sure. Sure. I have the uh, Catawba, the, some of the Midlands. Uh, split some of the Midlands with Jeff Shocker, our third field service manager. Mm-hmm. And then I have the Waccamaw area of the state. So each of the field service managers, we have approximately 90 of the 271 cities and towns. Mm-hmm. A, a three-way split. So so uh, Jeff Shacker, the additional field service manager, um, is basically, you would say, the upstate. Correct. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you everything west of the broad. <laughs> <laughs> So we are, again, we are talking civility and local government. This has been a big push of the Municipal Association all this year. We had a huge discussion about it at the annual meeting, and since then we introduced the civility pledge, the civility resolution, and at that time, and it has been a conversation in so much of of what we have done. Charlie, you mentioned before we got started that you've had mayors invite you in to to talk about the topic. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody wants to remind their uh, elected officials, their staff, uh, their citizens that that we do need to have, you know, good debate uh, and discussion, but we all need to be civil and Mm -hmm. respect one another, uh, each other's opinions, and that, uh, you know, we all need to work together for the betterment uh, of our municipality. And, and so what better way to celebrate civility? <laughs> you know, uh, one thing I was, I was thinking about planning this one, Charlie, was you, know, you have been with the association for about as long as I have. And, and one thing I always remember about you is that even before we had this formal civility and local government campaign, that you have always been preaching the value of truly working together members of council and listening to one another even before we had an official civility pledge sure i mean it, you know it, in my 25 year career i mean it, it goes without speaking um when you're working together you can get things accomplished it's just so critical to getting anything done uh in a city uh in town uh to work together so we have opening our November issue of the Uptown publication a article listening to the people public officials accessibility takes many forms 
Um, we, we've been trying to approach the topic from so many different directions. And when I was initially writing this, uh, compiling this information together, I went to the three of you, Ashley, uh, Charlie, and, and, and Jeff as well, to say, to kind of ask you, what do you say to officials around the state of South Carolina about what officials should be thinking about in terms of how they make themselves accessible to their constituents, how they handle social media, which is still relatively new and there's still a lot to be figured out there. And um, so just to kind of get your advice on, on these areas and, and, and the first one, Charlie, I remember this was an idea from you that I had not necessarily thought about, but I thought it was a very good one. The importance of listing contact information just on the city website. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the basic. And, and, and we'll have some um, city officials that have told me, you know, I don't like giving out my telephone number and my email address. And I'm like, well, you know, you ran for public office. You need to make uh, yourself publicly available. Mm-hmm. So whether that is uh, putting out your home telephone number, uh, some individuals are comfortable releasing their cell phone. Um, all of that is, is very good. So if you do have a city website, I definitely would include uh, contact information, mm-hmm. an email address. Make sure that someone is checking that email address. <laughs> if it's like a, a city-run email address. A city-run email address. Um, because, again, you know, we need to be uh, promptly, within 24 hours, you know, responding to these these inquiries, but but that that is very important. Mm-hmm. Citizens expect to be able to to contact uh, their local elected officials. Oh, and and you specifically drew attention to the importance of having a portrait to go with the contact information. Yeah, and, and um, um, you know. People may or may not know the uh, local elected officials, so I think it's good to have a photo there. Maybe the, if, if your uh, if your municipality has districts, maybe you have a link to the district boundary uh, th- that council member uh, represents. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, telephone number, uh, email address. Um, you know, maybe a short uh, snippet of information about that individual, how long they've been on council. Um, what some of their focus areas some are. of their focus yeah. areas and i've seen um some of our municipalities do a good job maybe uh, an interview maybe mm-hmm. host an interview release that on social media mm-hmm. uh, with the elected official uh humanize them make <laughs> them a real person any uh actually in your years any wisdom or experience you could offer on yeah that aspect of it before we get into the the really crazy stuff the social media stuff Yeah, Russell, I would say, you know, picking up on what Charlie said, making sure someone is checking it, and that doesn't Mm -hmm. just go for email, but also social media. Mm -hmm. Um, So if for some reason a council member, you know, may choose to have a council member Facebook page Mm -hmm. and may receive messages through that um, if they're they're turned on. So making sure that that they're checking um, the messaging through that social media account, um, they may not even realize that's checked on. Mm -hmm. So they need to really make sure they're following up with their citizens. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and you mentioned social media. So this is something that we've had conversations many, many times about, which are the many pitfalls 
that can happen with social media in terms of not only how you kind of structure your your profile if you are a council member and you choose to have a a dedicated account for that but also how you how you respond to questions how you have a back and forth because social media is a medium that invites a lot of back and forth yeah um i again as as we uh, talk about in our training um and as you alluded to russell i mean it's it's important to be cautious of the pitfalls of social media certainly you need to always remember that you uh, represent the municipality and your viewpoints uh, may be different than your fellow council members' viewpoints. Mm -hmm. And and so sometimes it's best to try to avoid getting into those long-winded debates back and forth. Maybe best, particularly if you have a municipal website, to refer uh, those that are making inquiries to a direct link to uh, a section on the city website uh, for more information, I, I found that to be much more effective. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and cities and towns should be should be telling their own story so that mm-hmm. these um, negative comments and misleading comments on social media don't get a whole lot of traction. So cities are, are noticing that they're seeing a lot of the same comments with misinformation um, instead of you know responding to those and in sort of a clapback sort of way clapback <laughs> <laughs> you know the, yes mm. set them straight um mm-hmm. you know with a with a positive media post and mm-hmm. that goes into more detail on on that pers- uh, particular subject area and from our municipal communicators you know we we had just recently the conference here in Columbia with all of those talking talking about exactly this uh, the ability to use social media as a way of telling your own story to um, rather than dwell in a area of complaints and negativity to really say like Here, here's the positive things that a, a city or town government is is doing and Charlie I know I've heard you say You've talked about the value of using it to cheerlead the community rather than to, to pick fights. Yeah, again, I think that the elected officials, particularly that use social media the best, um, they share photos of maybe, um, you know, we've just come through Arbor Day. And so I, I saw a lot of photos shared of planting of, of trees and mm-hmm. um, uh, landscaping. All that's good. You know, photos of, of uh, staff at their their work um, and how, how uh, good that they are doing. Uh, all of those things that, as you said, Russell, can be a cheerleader are, are good and useful posts that I think help to, to, to push forward the mission of the municipality. I'm looking over some of, of what we wrote in Uptown, and uh, one of the ones I think in... we've not necessarily touched upon in past conversations about social media is the importance of knowing when to take a social media conversation about something involving city government, you know, issues with planning and zoning trash, not being picked up anything and knowing when to take it offline to say it's, it's time for a phone call. It's time for a, for a meeting. 
Yeah, you know, um, that's um, there's no hard written fast rule on how to know when to do that, but mm-hmm. um, I would try to avoid any back and forth debate. Uh, whenever, particularly if you know the individual, pick up the phone. I mean, just <laughs> just call them. Um, and even some of our smallest towns, I mean, go by and visit their house. I mean, mm-hmm. what a novel idea. But, uh, you know, we, we've gotten, you know, so used to now with this social media and text friendly lifestyle that we live wanting this immediate response. And, mm-hmm. and so um, sometimes that's not the best form of communication. And there are ways on your social media account, certainly, to direct, you know, your constituents to your main, your preferred source of communication. So if there is, you know, a public works citizen request portal, for example, on your website, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you have that link on there. You can turn off the messaging on, you know, Facebook, for example, and not receive messaging. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't want to, you have to be careful about you know, not allowing, you have to allow comments and you can't delete those comments. Mm-hmm. Um, but private messaging, you know, people do expect that immediate um, feedback and uh, the person monitoring the social media account may not be the right staff member to answer that question. So directing them to the appropriate place on your website would be really helpful. You know, Ashley, I'm glad you, you mentioned the issues involved in allowing comments in accordance with you know the the rules you set on your social media account and and avoiding deleting them as well because there are I mean as as wonderful as a tool as social media can be for that two-way engagement that it does create it does create issues for first amendment to the constitution mm-hmm. and the South Carolina Freedom of Information Act yeah, and you know, Eric Scheidel's done a good job. We've got an article on the um, um, MASC.SC website, Social Media Pitfalls to Avoid. Mm-hmm. We presented that topic at the annual meeting. Uh, Eric reminded uh, those um, individuals that were there that, you know, if you're an elected official in particular and you, um, you know, put that you are an elected official, here's my telephone number. And, and um, you know, that that really is a public forum that you've created. Mm-hmm. And so um, just because somebody disagrees with something you post, you should not be deleting that comment or blocking them from making comments um, that that could be uh, interpreted as a violation of the First Amendment. Absolutely. And also cities and towns can have and, and really should have uh, a social media policy uh, that they that they share readily mm-hmm. um, with the public so that, you know, um, they make it clear that, you know, cyberbullying is not allowed. And <laughs> certainly anything that incites um, violence of any sort um, that's, you know, threatening language can and, you know, be deleted and will be looked at seriously and and the important thing there is to have that policy spelled out and listed yes. on the account ahead of time right so one of, one of the ways we describe what the field service managers do is technical assistance that you are not only visiting every city and town in the state all 271 going to the council meetings but also answering phone calls every single day answering text messages every single day and so i know just from hearing from you that there are so many times that people come to you with questions about where social media discourse has 
gone astray it's it's causing trouble and for as valuable and robust of a tool as it is and so when that does happen and you need to kind of get it back on track what kind of advice do you give in those moments and i I think ashley touched on this earlier the importance uh, particularly in our larger communities, but you know, having possibly a public information officer uh, that really has uh, organized posts mm-hmm. are around the, the positive imaging, um, the brand of the the city, positive things that the city is doing. Elected officials, staff can do a great job of of listening. Um, so much about social media, in my opinion, is is more listening with your eyes reading <laughs> you know there's you can uh, follow your as many churches in your community you could follow different uh, venues in your community um, everybody has a presence and so and I know everybody only has limited time but the more time that you have to read mm-hmm. the messages that those individuals that are, are putting out there you then may have more time to better shape uh, the messages that the city is reflecting that, mm-hmm. again, helps to build the overall community. And I, and I think during the pandemic, certainly when we started having uh, virtual meetings, it certainly opened the door to a lot more negative comments. It's you know? easier to do if you are a um, what they now call a keyboard warrior. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I think they were um, those keyboard warriors were thrilled you know, to have these council meetings live streamed on Facebook and uh, being able to log into the council meetings and sit at the comfort of their home and <laughs> type what they wanted. They just um, let them have it. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, I think, you know, elected officials should be encouraged, you know, to refrain from, um, you know, quickly responding in that chat box and, and having, again, a dedicated staff member to moderate those and, you know, maybe not commenting during the meeting, but maybe taking their information and, and mm-hmm. making sure that they will be followed up with by the appropriate staff member. Well, th- that even reminds me, even even for those who are in person at the meetings, of the importance of in, in public comment. And we're, we're starting to get into public comment during meetings, which is one of the last big areas I wanted to hit upon of even in person not getting drawn into a back and forth during a public comment period at a council meeting. Yeah, at a, at a council meeting, again, you should always, in my opinion, keep keep that conversation civil. And if it ever comes to a point where you think that that maybe a, a citizen needs a little bit more, maybe there's a debate, you know, just simply say, hey, um, would you mind staying after the meeting? I'd like to stay after and talk with you more about that topic one-on-one. So anytime you can kind of you know, give the citizen, many times they're just wanting somebody to hear them. Yes, yes. And so if you can give them an opportunity to have that, sometimes those those conversations are best one-on-one, not in a public forum. Turns down the heat. So, so, so Ashley, you, you mentioned the connection with virtual meetings, and I learned just last week, the South Carolina Municipal Finance Officers, Clerks, and Treasurers Association MFOCTA, we call it, uh, is having its meeting coming up February 14th to 17th. And you will actually be talking about virtual meetings. We will, yes. Yeah. So um, I will be the moderator, and we mm-hmm. will have 
clerks from um, a larger city and one from a smaller city. Mm-hmm. You know, each talking about how they have approached virtual meetings in, in their town and, you know, how a town with uh, more resources is able to, you know, to handle those. And and then, you know, the, the perspective of a smaller town and, and sort of what baby steps they're taking to make their, their virtual presence more effective. Mm-hmm. We were, when we were having the initial discussion to put together this article, you had something to say about the virtual meetings that I liked so much that I included as a quote in the article, where you talk about, it's increasingly an expectation, virtual council meetings, and certainly it's, I think it's going to be one of the more enduring legacies to come out of the way we handled things during the disruptions with the pandemic, that it was accelerating trends that already existed. And, you know, when you talk about the small towns, um, the smaller towns, the importance of having those conversations about if you're going to go that route, what you need to be thinking about capacity in terms of staff, in terms of equipment, in terms of making the virtual meeting actually happen and be reliable. Right. I mean, I think it's clear, you know, virtual meetings are here to stay. And while it definitely poses, you know, technological and financial burdens on a town, um, it ensures greater and more diverse participation, Mm -hmm. Um, but also more flexibility on your staff as well. You know, really do your research on all the different platforms. Certainly, you can start out with the most affordable option. And, um, you know, once you get comfortable with the program, you can always add on features um, such as in-meeting in polls, uh, breakout groups, to really get the, the most out of the platform. But yeah, I think it's, you know, on the flexibility and, you know, um, think about, off, you know, offering meetings at different times of the day mm-hmm. to really enhance that greater participation uh, from your public. I have not yet seen a in-meeting poll. Have you seen that in the wild yet? I have, yes. I think the the consultants, the design charrettes and consultants out there that mm-hmm. you know that you hire to maybe do a um, a big a big project and to get that you know public input, they've they've really um, taken advantage of, of the tools that a lot of these online platforms offer. Mm-hmm. And you know it's. I know when I started out having to, you know, dip my toe into the, the virtual meeting world, it was, you know, I really didn't want to do it until we had all of the right equipment because it, mm-hmm. it was clunky. And, you know, if, if you can't do something well, you don't want to do it. <laughs> but then I learned, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not practicing mm-hmm. and I'm not doing it, then I'm never going to get better at it. And so I really kind of think towns should take this as an opportunity to just Um, just practice and the more they use it um, the more they'll learn the more their staff will learn and Mm -hmm. um, the more they'll improve and 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 you mentioned in you know we've talked about potential challenges potential pitfalls involved but you also mentioned how it opens up many possibilities that didn't exist before and it makes me think of yeah you know, the city of Charleston won a achievement award from the municipal association this year where in the initially for the pandemic and um, ever since those initial um, complications the city of Charleston office of innovation built out its own citizen engagement portal 
to handle public meetings and they reported a I don't have the number but a drastic increase in citizen engagement in consequence of having that as an option rather than coming down to city hall on on broad street absolutely i mean you've you've got to get the message out um to the communication you know arenas you know that that folks are in and folks Mm -hmm. are in social media accounts now and you know when they're seeing meeting polls or you know online survey monkeys come through um, those type platforms are more apt to respond because mm-hmm. it's a, a click of the, you know, a swipe of the thumb, so to speak, and, you know, click of the finger. So you really are, you, you hear cities and towns sometimes maybe not complain, but kind of groan about, oh, well, they only have the same two or three people show up to their <laughs> meetings and, you know, complain about the same things. And, but, you know, really this is an opportunity to, to gauge a, a wide, you know, in, uh, interest from a wide sector of the community, certainly the, you know, your your younger demographic. Uh, um, I know that with with comments, one of the ways it can be structured is you receive the comments ahead of time. Like people will enter them through a form, through a chat box, anything like that. <laughs> And, and and you guys make it to many more council meetings than I do. Do you see the councils taking that as like information written? Does anyone ever read it out loud at meetings, anything like that? I, I have seen uh, where the uh, chair, the mayor at the end of the meeting will make a statement to the staff. Um, have we had any online questions that mm-hmm. have so, and, and again, that that's just a preference. Um, if, if your body wants to be that, um, open and, mm-hmm. and um, engaging. There's there's nothing wrong with that. With everything, there's still balance. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we always have to remember there's there's balance because don't forget that there are those that do not participate in in these forms. And I, you know, Ashley hit on it. Yes, I think it is a uh, it's you know a, a younger demographic. Um, mm-hmm. But but you know even my ninety year old grandfather was heavily on Facebook. So. Um, but you've got to use the other forms of communication, mm-hmm. listening uh, to people outside of social media as well. And really, when you're when you're taking those comments, maybe in advance of the meeting, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you you got a cutoff time, you know, well enough in advance for your town clerk to gather that that input and give it to the elected officials in a timely manner. So it's so it's not something that does just go into the minutes, but it's something that they have time to read mm-hmm. and reflect upon um, before they make those decisions within mm. the meeting. For everything we've done, all of the um, accessibility angles we've talked about, is there anything else to say? Any, any final thoughts on all of this? Be civil. <laughs> Be civil. <laughs> and, and just try to... Try to maintain, you know, decorum and professionalism in, in ED meetings. Certainly, you know, you, you've got those, that expectation of mm-hmm. professionalism um, at a formal council meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes when it moves to the virtual world, that's lost a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's important to um, maintain that sense of decorum in the virtual world so folks 
you know, have that expectation of respecting each other's time and, um, and speaking civilly to each other. You know, one thing I think about is how we often say that municipal government is the form of government closest to people and where they live. And so it's, it's reasonable for emotions to be present when you're talking about the future development, the future governance of your hometown. And so part of the reason why we're having this discussion because emotions are present but the ability to keep it to keep the conversations respectful and productive are still there right i mean i think everyone needs to keep in mind that when someone comes to the government to come to their local government, they're usually not happy about something. <laughs> I mean, that's just the fact. And so just, you know, keeping that in mind that, mm-hmm. you know, folks are passionate about, um, you know, ab- about things that matter the most to them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like you said, local government, that's just where the rubber meets the road. So, yeah. I mean, I-, I think as long as you keep that in mind and, and let people vent and um, take everything they say with a, with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. you know, I think us, us, um, civil workers, I guess you would say, we, we've developed some thick skin over the years and um, know that it's usually not about us. It's not why they're upset. Absolutely. Well, as we draw this to a close, I can give the reminder that we usually give the City Quick Connect podcast. We do this all the time. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible. We're hosted on SoundCloud. There are many ways to get this podcast and, gosh, everything else the Municipal Association puts out. So with that said, Ashley, Charlie, thank you so much for – well, first of all, for the initial conversations where we put together this this article and – this conversation here. Thank thank you so much for, for talking to us about this. I think it's been valuable. Thank you, Russell. Thanks for having us. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.